I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome back to the show. I am recording this intro in a um, echoey and old room on beautiful and cold Nantucket Island, a really surreal place. I'm in the Northeast to visit friends and board builders whom I've met through this podcast. Slurpy wave photographer Jonathan Nimmerfro lives on Nantucket and we connected a couple years back right when his images of those slurpy waves went viral he went from modest nantucket surf photographer to good morning america and now he sells his works through galleries anyway he's been giving me an incredible tour of nantucket and i'll definitely be back here when there are waves and when the ocean is warmer than 45 degrees Um, incredible little island and surf culture here in the northeast so Lots more to explore and lots of kind of podcast opportunities out here. Anyways, shout out to Jonathan. Follow him on Instagram. JDN Photography is his Instagram handle. You wouldn't believe some of the images he's captured on Nantucket Island and how insane the waves can get. So check all that out. Anyway, surfboard shaper Donald Brink has been a recurring guest on this show. He launched his own podcast six months ago. We produced three episodes and then went dormant. Today, we launched the fourth. Donnie sustained a significant injury while surfing recently, and it's forced a shift in his perspective and focus, but it's also freed up some time to reinvest in his own kind of surfboard brand, but also in this podcast. So episode four of Swell With My Soul is up right now. I'm going to include a little teaser of it at the end of today's show. You can download all four of Donnie's shows in whatever podcast app you use. Again, just search Swell With My Soul. And this episode number four that he just dropped is far and away my absolute favorite. Donnie goes home to South Africa, tracks down the person who gave him his very first surfboard, an ophthalmologist, and they discuss the lifelong implications of that one kind deed. It's really great work from Donnie. 
I sat down with him the day after his surfing accident to hear the horror story and just to catch up with him in general. If you've ever fantasized about getting a board from him, this might be the season. We'll be announcing a board drive in the coming weeks to celebrate his return to the Shaping Bay post-injury. So look forward to that. One final detail before I get into that conversation with Donnie. Don't forget about our Spy Christmas giveaway this month. Spy gave a $500 gift certificate to Connor Levoff last week, and we're doing it again on December 20th. Whoever uses our promo code this month will be entered to win, and I'll just randomly select the winner. Spyoptic.com is the website. The promo code is podcast. Buy yourself some sunglasses or snow goggles for the winter. That promo code also gets you free shipping, a Surf Splendor sunglass baggie, which is the uh, first piece of merchandise we've ever had printed. So thank you to Spy for that. And then they'll also give you a free t-shirt for using that promo code. Pick whatever t-shirt you want from their website. They have a ton. Add it to your cart and the promo code will zero out the cost when you check out. Tons of free stuff guaranteed with your purchase. And then of course, that opportunity to win the $500 gift certificate to use on their website. So huge thanks to Spy for the support and the $500 Christmas gift. Super generous. All right, without further ado, this is David Scales for Surf Splendor, and here is my conversation with our friend, Donald Brink. again we're live again okay dude what happened what happened to your arm <laughs> let's start there nothing happened to my arm it's my clavicle that's oh, got the problem <laughs> yeah just um gosh the waves have been so good so just hot off the plane from portugal went did a quick trip where and went and shaped a bunch of boards there for magic quiver so i've been super jet lagged so just up super early every morning getting on it and yeah i've been surfing obviously some beach break barrels and um yeah my surfing feels like it's the best it's ever been and been really? working with some coaches mike frampton in particular so that's been really exciting but yeah really been surfing well and um with these barrel sessions it's been fun like making proper like memorable barrels mm. and yeah yesterday morning just surfing mostly rights and then this one against the grain really nice looking wave came through it was a left-hander took off pulled in made the first section and then it got much smaller and just started racing i mean i was going so fast but not touching anything it was so clean and tight in there and it it blew me out and as i came out and sort of stood up tall again the wave exploded behind me and just threw me towards the beach the sand the, I, I don't know what I hit, but just <laughs> heard it really proper. Really? Oh, you yeah. could hear it snap? Yeah, so I broke my collarbone clavicle, and uh, yeah, pain was next level. <laughs> really? Yeah, it was. Luckily, I had some. We were shooting photos and working with uh, one of my grom and his dad. So yeah, I had some people on the beach, but I was just like, hey, I, <laughs> you feel like you're going to pass out pretty quickly? Wow. So, um, yeah, it was just, it was one of those fluke things, you know, like I really didn't do anything wrong. I probably would have been better off not making the barrel. But I mean, hindsight, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it just yeah hit me so fast. And it was so strange is I don't, I'm not sore anywhere where I hit. Hmm. So I don't know where or how or what I hit. Some of me thinks I might have just hit the water so hard. Really? 
Was it particularly shallow? It must have been. I mean, but when you stood up, were you in knee-deep water? I was right or? near the beach, yeah. It okay. was, yeah. But, uh, yeah, it was such an, I'm st- like, I'm really playing it over in my mind, all the past barrels the last few days. and But obviously, I've had such, I had such a vision in that one. Yeah. And I'm replaying it over and over. I'm like, what went wrong? But I, I think it was just like a, a convolution of, of, of fluke things you know mm-hmm. the, the way it all sort of came together so yeah I got, got blown out this time not with spit but like full force so I got blown out as I came out into the clearing and sort of started to stand tall because I was on my backside barrel so I'm leading with my left shoulder but then ejected me to the beach I must have spiraled in the air I have no idea <laughs> I can envision exactly what you're talking about like that yeah. that kind of um, it was a concussion yeah, yeah but that concussion that happens right there kind of and you coming out of the barrel are right kind of in where the wave is breaking sure. it flips your board upside down lots of times you'll land on the fins right there if it flips the board like that but you you come down with a lot of force so if it happens to be shallow <laughs> yeah it was just it was one of those things but yeah hey i've been surfing for many many years and i guess you pay school fees at some point but yeah a little frustrated i mean i've got a family to provide for i got work to do but it's also one of those things, it's like I kind of give myself some grace. I didn't do anything wrong. Yeah. And if you're going to play in the ocean that many years. So. That, yeah. that was yesterday morning? That was yesterday. Yeah, we about less than 24 hours. No, just over 24 hours ago. So early did, yesterday morning. You said there were filmers or photographers on the beach. Did they get footage or photos of that barrel? Well, we were shooting the right. So that one, I was going away from them. Oh, uh, so I haven't even asked, to be honest. Um, John was so gracious to help me and drove my car home, those kinds of things. So friends were there when friends were needed. But um, I haven't checked. I'm sure we got a couple of clips. But <laughs> yeah. It'd be interesting if you have, if you can a- analyze the photos to kind of see the whole thing. I'm really working on my surfing lately, like like really working on it. Like I said, I've been really spending time on the road with pros has been incredible. The Gadaskis brothers have been, you know, the most inspirational, but also informative because I'm willing to learn. So call me out when I'm wrong. And there's no point in making these boards unless you really, you don't have to surf them better than somebody, but you need to understand the elements. And so to isolate these things, it's like with bad technique, you're just wasting your time, in my opinion, That's apart fun. from just being a designer. But I don't want to tell people what boards are doing. I want to be able to explain a sensation and then see them take that to another level. So there is a disconnect between how well I'm able to surf and want to surf, but that's a personal fascination. But when it comes to the actual designs, making subtle changes and especially working with Channel Islands, it's like, I mean, Aaron Smith in particular is ability to decipher and decode what part of a board's doing what. And now we're making asymmetrical changes is unbelievable. And his surfing technique's incredible. So sort of bench referencing one board with multiple surfers and realizing where your shortfalls are or personally my shortfalls are in my technique it's been it's the first time i've had marks that i'm willing to sign up to and then navigate around and better and technique and change and tweak and it's been really it's been really exciting so saying that it was like wow like this board's really been feeling good and um yeah just feeling the differences it's a good board it wasn't like the board let me down and mm-hmm. it was almost frustrating i was like oh just starting to feel this board with probably 10 sessions deep in know okay so it's funny you say that about the technique thing because i've just started to assess that in my own surfing hmm. where i feel like when i thought i was surfing at my quote best you know maybe when i was 21 years old or something 
I can reflect on maneuvers that I did at that time that are highlights for me, maybe an air or something. But I can't do those maneuvers anymore. But my fundamentals are so much stronger now. Yeah. At that time, I don't think I had any fundamentals at all. Sure. I probably looked terrible. I was standing straight up, Step wiggling. Yeah. yeah. And then I'd get a maneuver off and think that I was a great surfer. But now it's kind of like I feel like, like you said, I'm surfing better now than I ever was. But I'm not doing any of those maneuvers. But what I am doing is picking the right line on takeoff driving off the bottom sitting low into my hips like getting kind of this swivel action in my hips that at the end i have a much more complete ride than i ever did when i was young but there's no big standout maneuvers that i can really um i don't know reflect on and be proud of but i can reflect on a series of turns or maybe a particular turn Mm. you know a moment in it where i kind of got more torque out of it than I would have previously. And it's all because of my positioning and my body mechanics and stuff. Yeah. And, um, and I think that does come from just studying surfing more. I liked watching it when I was young, but now it's like, I'm really studying Julian Wilson, you know, and how sure. low he gets on bottom turns and stuff. So, and, but my body's less limber than ever too. So if I could get kind of some of my youth back in terms of my body's strength and mm. agility and limberness, and then apply it to my mental capacity now, that's where I think I would shine, you know? I mean, I look at surfing as a, it's a life skill. It's an asset that yeah. for me and a lens to both look through life, but also to partner within life. It's a, it's a great balance, but yeah, starting to work with coaches and, and talk to people in the know um, and actually look forward to some interviews that are recorded both in South Africa and here with some coaches that I got to meet along the way. Mike Frampton's been incredible, but to be honest, I think the longevity of your surfing has got to do with the core fundamentals, which aren't irrelevant the older you get. Mm-hmm. Now, sure, you do need to be stronger, but I, for me, it was three things I was doing wrong, hearing them six times over, but then giving myself one trigger word or one thing to remember that would fix the most part, but be forever applicable. And the first thing to remember to fix those six. So saying that, like, I want to surf well for a long time, ironically, I got hurt now, but good surfing and it's less about maneuvers, but you walk away from a surf with little fleeting moments of memory, like I call it stoke, Mm -hmm. but connection of all the dots in between, I guess call it style if you want, but that fundamental staying low, whatever it is that you need to work on. I've I've seen over the years, it's probably one or two things that people could just address immediately that will forever then need to be in your back pocket. And otherwise you're trying to remember too many things. Yeah, I agree. There is just one or two fundamental things. That now a good coach will, will be able to pinpoint those, but word them properly. Correct. And for that, that particular person. 100%. Different wording for each person. I mean, I sat on the beach and I watched Tom Whitaker coaching both Jack Freestone and Patrick Gadaskis in Portugal for the QS just, what's it, a week ago, 10, 10 days ago. And they all surf incredibly but the heat strategy and the wave conditions and the tide like his ability to succinctly give those guys information and it was surprisingly little information right because it wasn't time for an overload <laughs> but it was uh oh, it was just so great just to sit there and sort of listen and see what was going on and watch the emotions and the response and the attitudes and then watch a heat unfold and then the yeah the disconnect or the to be honest, the losses were easier to study than the wins. Mm. 
which is so obvious, um, but both had insight to be gleaned. My question for you is my biggest uh, mistakes in life and errors made always are a result of hubris and a result of like flying high because of all these, a sequence of successes. And then it's like, oh, well, now I'm super confident. And then boom, something happens. An injury happens. I put diesel in my gas engine in France or whatever because I made zero mistakes for the first week of my trip, you know? Um, I'm curious if your injury was a result of that. You said you're surfing at your best. You have all this coaching. The waves are firing. So you might just kind of start feeling a bit of pride and a bit of uh, self-confidence. A little more invincible. I I would usually drink to that, but I... No, this was a fluke thing. You know, the wave that... I took off on much bigger waves throughout this weekend, and some of them didn't make, but had proper proper moments. They could have injured you. Uh, well, they were just more essentially heavy, so it was yeah. just it was just one of those things. I have been, I have been charging pretty hard, been on the gas, like working a lot and traveling, and just just there's a lot of spinning plates right now. Um, so you know, got to kind of figure this out. And to be honest, it might be a really good season just to sort of reassess and unwind, and I don't know, might pick up the paintbrushes again and just paint yeah. for the next bunch of weeks but uh yeah i don't i don't think it was a sense of overconfidence um yeah i i would normally say that could be the case i don't think it was this time for yeah. me yeah. when you're hiring for a small business you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role and there's no faster or effective way than through linkedin jobs Your time and capital are precious, and there is a powerful resource that can help you focus on what you're good at and integrate people into your team seamlessly to help grow your business. LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to find the right professionals for your team efficiently and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. Everyone is already on LinkedIn with their resumes and references, and now LinkedIn has designed a hiring platform to connect you with candidates specifically qualified for the job that you post about. More than a billion professionals meticulously organized to connect people by skill set to help us all advance our position. 2.5 million businesses already use LinkedIn for hiring, and 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. It's that fast, easy to use, and effective. LinkedIn Jobs can help you write job descriptions, filter the right person to you, and give you the tools to help you interview them like a pro. LinkedInJobs.com surf is where you go to post your job for free. Yes, totally free that's linkedinjobs.com slash surf to post your job for free terms and conditions apply i'm alex rodriguez and i'm jason kelly from bloomberg this is the deal each week you're here in conversation with business icons this show will explore deal making across sports media and entertainment that is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. I just, I think about like Slater's near death or near drowning experience was in France when the waves are like shoulder high at a beach break, you know? Mm. Um, and you hear that lots of times where it's not Waimea when you're fully 
engaged and like hyper alert and mm. scared out of your mind it's when you kind of shift down into like not the highest gear and just are relying on muscle memory or whatever but that's not always the case uh what's the doctor's kind of prognosis on your not your arm your collarbone when will you be back in the water when will you feel better all that Whew. i didn't really ask to be honest it was really? yeah they they uh you might have to do a surgery but they said oh, it was no. unlikely okay it was funny they were like well if you were much younger it would be fine but since you're old <laughs> yeah, it's classic getting older but so what do you yeah. do you just sling it and let it heal no i was looking at the x-rays and the things i mean it's it's often passed and it's i mean it's, it's clear as day what's going on i mean you, you can feel it i don't want to feel it exactly <laughs> <laughs> just about made me throw up multiple times yesterday yeah no it's just loose change up there just rattling around but i guess i guess it just sort of fuses and calcifies or something so you don't do anything you just let it heal i gotta go see apparently gotta see an orthopedic surgeon most of them don't touch it and the doctor didn't it likes it didn't puncture a lung at which point you would be having to have things fixed right away but yeah i guess it's a a bunch of weeks out out definitely no action and definitely out the water but um i'm not sure uh definitely definitely out for a while what if somebody wants to order a board well it's gonna get pushed back you know what? I have a couple orders um, that, you know, I think some people might want to go somewhere else and get a winter board. I wish they had called earlier. You know, rushing boards is never something I try and do. But, you know, if it's uh, if it's six weeks longer on this order process right now, I hope people would understand and get some boards out before Christmas for sure. Um, they reckon within a few days. So I like to know how things work. It's just who I am. Of so course. I'm asking the doctor these would seem pretty obvious questions and I was like hey man you look at this stuff every day I don't I'm looking at x-rays that <laughs> like I'm just trying to make sense of this so I was like why is it so sore and he looked at me funny I was like no like <laughs> he's like well actually there's um what did he call them nerve endings I think was the word he used there's nerve endings in the bone so that's where the pain was coming from um so he said after a few days those will start to stop being so painful and then obviously the time for rehabilitation is having the bone fuse back together so i think once the pain starts going away and i can um yeah i don't think i'm going to have huge range of motion but at least i won't be in constant pain so that'll be something to look forward to and then yeah just slowly restart rehabilitating and who knows what i'll be able to do with which arms when but um yeah i might be a little delay in some shapes um had a couple trips booked uh gonna have to juggle some of those things coming into the end of the year here but it's you know what what can you do a human well, for anybody who uh asks about when their board is going to be ready mm-hmm. just text them a photo of the x-ray itself <laughs> you know what? Uh, sympathy to be honest the biggest you know you try and set up your business and run things as efficiently as you can and i've got mouths to feed and you know you try and store away pennies for rainy days and also well hopefully not injured days but injury and illness but yeah, it's um I don't know, I was laying in bed last night thinking I might I might down the road yeah in a few weeks photograph every board I have remaining and sell the whole quiver again. I got a lot of surfboards right now. Yeah. I'm working on about there's about eleven boards that are very um all revolving around the Channel Islands collaboration that we um ride in the middle of. This was ironically one of those boards I was riding and I was really happy with the board. So to be honest, I think um there's probably about 10 or 11 boards I really need to keep because of that project. And 
that are going to be bounced around with the, the Channel Islands Korean house and myself and team writers. So there's some boards that are immediate concern, but there's other boards that I just thought would be really cool for the longevity of the brand and things to hold on to. But hey, if it keeps the bills paid right now, that's more important yeah. than the long arc of one day maybe showing them in a gallery. So right. yeah, stay tuned. They might do, might do an online auction. Cool. Who knows? But um, we got we got assets. Yeah. <laughs> Might be having to share them with everyone, which is fine. You don't only need one board. Yeah. No. Yeah. I'll uh, definitely let fans know. Yeah. Those things sold. Yeah. We'll, we'll we'll get creative. Cool, dude. Thanks so much. Thank you. Good All to right. see you, David. That conversation was recorded two months ago. Donald did, in fact, have surgery, and he's back in the shaping bay. He's building boards, and he's soon to be back in the water. This next conversation is the first segment of episode four of his podcast, Swell With My Soul. It's just a teaser, so download the full episode in your podcast app. Again, just search Swell With My Soul. And then also consider rating and reviewing that show to help Donald grow his audience. You can also find it at surfsplendorpodcast.com and you can leave a comment for Donald there. All right, here's that teaser. Enjoy it. Just recently, I got to revisit South Africa, revisit the friends, the beaches, all the sights and smells and sounds growing up. Ironically, I didn't grow up at the beach, but the beach where it all came alive for me, where surfing, surfing for many years was what I knew and what I grew to love. But it had me thinking most recently about the impact of the initial lens, the initial view or perspective that one gets from what something is, how it's real, how it makes sense. Surfing can't be much like anything else or different than anything else. And it seems that the way one understands surfing has got so much to do with your initial experiences, the initial introduction and the sensations and the kinds of ways we interpret both wave riding but also the interaction with equipment and others in the sea. The board was green. A faded green, the rails were clear. They had a blue stripe down the front, a wedge stripe finishing up in an elegant, precise, thin stringer on the nose that died into a soft beak. There was a spider Murphy safari spider built in Durban, South Africa originally. This was my first board, gifted to me by the gracious local. I wanted to surf and arriving at that beach, growing up away from the coast, I was 15 years old and all that mattered was riding waves. I had no idea which way the winds blew and how it made a difference, but showed up every day with this board. It was six foot two, down railed, flat deck, V bottom, thruster, foam core fins, Someone had run over it and had two long gashes on the back left tail as the fins pierced all the way through to the stringer. The board had been repaired and was full of delaminations. The nose had been broken. 
but it was my board. I knew no different. It floated me and it was an opportunity to enjoy the sea. And it brings me back to the way we view life and the lenses through which we view things and how the initial perceptions of anything in life really go through one's filter of how you look at anything, how we're brought up and what's real and how we then challenge those norms, expectations and realities according to what we're coming up against. And this brings me to revisiting South Africa and getting to see that board in person again. I gave it back when I left home years ago. Wasn't right to sell it and to see it go back home to Bruce was just an ultimate joy. story is that you gave me that board when I was when I moved here and was just mm. keen to surf but I rode that f- exclusively for two and a half years yeah like that's yeah. the only board I had so the water time that board seen is pretty amazing and it's still in one piece well, you still back in it? one still, piece you still got it I gave it back to you did you give it back to me I gave the board back to you it's got to be in your garage I don't know what I've done with it well, maybe it is there. <laughs> yeah, it's there. <laughs> no, I couldn't bring myself to do anything else but return her home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. It must be there, but I, I, I haven't gone through that pile of it. <laughs> I'm just using the longboards at the moment. Okay. Yeah, that board's there. Yeah. yeah. Six, two and a half, I believe, if I can remember right. Six, two and a half. No, I could shape one with my eyes closed. I'll go and scratch it out. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Well, maybe you must take it back. <laughs> no, it's it's good that it's got a home here, but yeah, it's funny and and like that board we're looking at right now that I just I'd love you to have is um I think that '80s flat deck down railed thruster the sensations from a board like that is obviously over volumed and overly buoyant for high end competitive surfing, but there is an inherent flow. And with the pulled-in nose, you can actually surf it in a variety of waves and with the extra foam paddle into even a variety of waves. So it's not for everyone, but I I know that that shaped what I fell in love with surfing. Like that board and that design mm. was something that's I think most people would enjoy, but especially special to me. And I've always gone back to that sort of retro, mm. higher volume influence in the boards. Um, so, yeah, it's just part of history that I... It's always going to be built upon, but yeah. Yeah, you can't, you can't, uh, can't get rid of your history. It's always there. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> thankfully it was. Influences you. Yeah, <laughs> thankfully it was a good design, but it's sad, yeah. you know. I look at people learning to surf on soft tops, and it's always going to be fun riding a wave. But for me, the sensation of your first green water ride on that down rail is—that's the memory. Whereas a bigger rail, it's just going to feel like you're going towards the beach as opposed to upwards and shorewards. Going, going nicely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Yeah. I mean, in, in surfing down Ken, if you if you've got to get out, you can't you can't 
go forwards, you've got to go sideways. If you yeah, start no. going forwards, you've finished. You're no, you've got to advance down the line. You're not going to make it. <laughs> you've got to get going, yeah. Can you remember when you first started surfing? I mean, paint the picture. <laughs> Devin, right? Uh, yeah, I, I grew up in Devon, but I didn't surf much there. It was when I was going back on holidays as a, oh, okay. as a kid. I used to go there. And my, one of my cousins uh, dibbled with surfing, but never really got into it. And he had a couple of old boards. And um, so I used to just take his boards on holiday. That's how it started. And then eventually he gave me those boards. So there was that old faith, remember that old faith board, very, very old. I do. I think there's not a person who sees a board that doesn't want to buy it. Yeah, the one everyone wanted to buy at the beach. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's an old, it's way too small for me. It always was a bit too small, but it's it's just an unbelievable old piece of history, I suppose. And then that that, uh, safari. The uh, spider hat. Yeah, that that was the one that, that actually I could surf and eventually brought it back to Cape Town and then when I was a student we used to go surfing with it and that yeah I basically surfed that board for 10 years or something you know? <laughs> just, I just had it for forever and a day until I, until I changed to long boards yeah well that board had to be 1980 81 like this yeah even yeah because it's thrust somewhere, somewhere so in the 80s yeah yeah, it's early 80s for yeah, sure. Yeah, early, yeah. It was, it was already an old board when I got it. It wasn't brand new. Oh. Yeah, it was an old Spider Murphy. Started surfing in Glen Ken, Cape Town, South Africa. The locals were Bruce, who gifted me this board, an elegant ophthalmologist who would complete all rides to the beach, mostly year-round in trunks in cold water, riding a dilapidated yet watertight longboard that had incredible weight behind it and an opportunity to navigate sections with ease due to its asymmetrical twist from years and years of digging the nose side rail in a neat surfer, and my counterparts, Sean and Mark White and Paul and Jacques. These are the locals. It was a small beach and I surfed there every day for two and a half years before I gravitated or graduated onto other surfing spots. The waves weren't easy to surf there, but it's all I had and all I knew. Only recently, though, perhaps in depth, starting to look at the effects that those early years have really had on the remaining portions of my surfing to date. Starting to challenge those things, unpack them. I'm not sure how good it was to never be formally trained or instructed. And that's the beauty of it. You just go to the sea and it's fun regardless. But those fundamental techniques, those building blocks of what it really means to unpack a wave ride, how to unlock a design within which boundaries to navigate a certain type of rail or be able to unlock a bottom contour and it'll own fins and rocker and colors and the like. It all matters. It really does. And being part of influencing somebody else's surfing program or vision, shaping boards is a tremendous weight, to be honest. It's a 
entirely selfish pursuit riding waves, but th yet there's so much to be drawn from it, so much depth that one can leverage and take into the rest of every other part of your life. It seems like it all really is the same stuff and cultivating that fascination for the sea is most important and I feel of value and once done properly can bring much fruit in every area. Those, those banks come and go sort of cyclically with the seasons and from year to year they shift a little bit but they tend to come back so you'll find the same sections get better and better and they get worse and worse. Absolutely. And better and better. To hear the rest of Donald and Bruce's conversation, download Swell With My Soul in whatever podcast app you use. Also, make sure to take advantage of Spy's generosity. It only lasts until December 20th Free shipping, free t-shirt, free surf splendor sunglass baggie, and a shot at the $500 gift card. Spyoptic.com, promo code podcast. Thank you. I'll be back next week with Outer Banks surfboard shaper Mike Rowe. Until then, get back into the ocean, share some waves, and shred on. Shred on.